There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. Aloha and welcome back to Degree Free. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. On this podcast, we share fundamentals we've discovered and the mistakes we've made while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are super excited to have you here again. Please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing because that would bum us out. If you are interested in how to do the things that we talk about on this podcast, please do check out our website, which is degreefreenetwork.com. And we have a guide on there that will teach you how to get a job without a college degree. It'll teach you the tactics and the resources that you need to know in order to get a job without having a college degree, even if they say a college degree is required. Yep. Um, and let's just get into today's episode. So today we are going to be talking about how to interview when you have no, quote unquote, no job experience or no experience in the relevant field that you're applying to. So like we get this all the time. A lot of it, it's a, it's a couple of different scenarios, right? And so one one cohort of people is like they're just coming out of high school and they're debating whether or not they want to go to college at all. And they're like, well, I've been working, I've been working at fast food places. I've been working in retail, uh, been like folding clothes and stuff like that at Macy's or whatever. And I don't really have job experience but I want to get into X, Y, Z field. How do I do that? And then the next cohort of people is going to be you gone to college, got a degree in this field, but you don't have any experience in another field or whatever, or you working in a certain field and you want to move into another field, into a completely different, not an adjacent field, like in a completely different field. And you have no experience in like, how to how do i interview when they when i finally get one or even like how to even identify your strengths to put on your resume right because that's when you boil it down even more that's what we're talking about yeah this this is um so when i hear people on tiktok talk about this the this is probably one of the biggest hang-ups that college graduates have they are petrified of applying to jobs that do not that are outside of their field or that they have no experience in. What's interesting about that is that most of them have no work experience at all because they've been in college. So the idea that they would have work experience in something is unrealistic. And so it's interesting because a lot of them will not apply to jobs that are even in their field but that require experience. They're like, oh, it requires, they're like, oh man, it requires two years of experience. I'm like, so apply. I don't understand it, it but they, they won't. Um, and a lot of it is because they were not taught how to go about doing it um, or even how to read a job description. So that's a huge part of it. But also they don't understand how to market themselves. So they don't understand how to explain what value they bring to a company, which is our first point. Right. The first thing that you have to do when you are interviewing or about to interview or even thinking about applying to these places without any job experience is that you're going to have to 
know your strengths, right? You're going to have to identify them because if you don't know what you're good at. How are you going to tell somebody? Or how are they going to know that that's what you're good at, right? Like they don't know you. They don't know you at all. They never met you before. This is all they know about you. Right. They have a piece of paper in front of them and you're going to have to identify what you're good at and tell them, right? And it seems like a super simple thing and it is kind of, right? I mean, you have to identify what it is you're good at. And I guess the question is, how do you do that? That is the age old question. And I think that people don't like the answer because it's vague and it requires work on their part. Um, In order to figure out what you're good at, you have to think and you have to ask people that you know or that you work with or that you study with. And you have to think about what people ask you to do, what you're frequently put in charge of, uh, things that you frequently lead, because those are going to be things that um, that you're good at. That's why other people ask you to do it, why you end up doing it anyway, or why you prefer to do it typically. And so for you, you're going to have to like think. You're going to have to think about it a little bit. If you have coworkers, ask them, what am I good at? They're going to tell you. They know what you're good at. Um, like it, even if you're if you're working at a gas station and you and and you ask your coworkers, what am I good at? They're going to tell you, oh, you're good at keeping track of stocking. Oh, you're really good with the customers. Oh, you're really good with like closing up and making sure all the money's correct. Like even even working closing. You know, when we worked in the industry, what did they always have you do? Count the money. Count the money. Ryan always counted the money. Why? Because he's good with money. He has accounting skills, and so he's good with counting money accurately. Now that's going to be, that's going to be universal, right? So everybody is going to have their own particular skill set and people end up doing things because they are adept at doing those things. Um, and that is true for, for all things. Like if it's, um, using, using a restaurant as as an example, because Ryan and I worked industry for a long time, if somebody's really reliable, that's usually going to be the person that you schedule to be the opener because they're going to come in on time and they're going to do stuff on time. And that's why they're the first one in. And so um, even that, like being reliable, being a team player, usually somebody who, um, somebody who's, who's a supervisor is going to be somebody who's very thorough, who finishes doing things, who makes sure that everything's where it's supposed to be. Those are skills. Those are valuable skills. Traits rather, but still traits and skills for a company that you're interviewing for. Those are going to, those things, either one can be valuable to them. So I think that that is something that we're that I wanted to say at the beginning and I should have is that I think here knowing your strengths is a blanket statement and then drilling down even deeper there's two things um that generally there's two things you'd be good at right there's traits and there are skills right traits are going to be things like being a good team player uh being consistent being on time um being cheerful all things that aren't necessarily skills. They're more intrinsic. Right. Or Yeah. And um, skills are going to be things like being good at Excel or being good at counting the money or um, being being accurate at inventory. Where would you put resolving conflict with coworkers? Uh, I would. That's a good question. Probably a trait. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that, that that's more of a. So the way that I think about it is I think that traits are more general. Traits are more general and more dynamic, um, whereas like uh, the skills are not that you don't have, that, not that you don't need skills 
to have a trait. You know what I mean? There are many micro skills involved in in being good at resolving conflict, but you know, generally speaking, like you have to understand what tonality and uh, have to understand how to listen to people and all that. You know. Do you think that those things maybe are referred to as soft skills by companies now? Because I think that might be what they're talking about when they're talking about soft skills. I think that's what they're calling traits. Yeah, sure. Traits, soft skills. I mean, I think it's just a matter of definition. I think just same, same, right? I mean, very similar. Soft skills, hard skills, whatever, however you want to, however you want to um, think about it. They're, but yeah, so what we're going to call traits and skills or soft skills and hard skills, um, skills are going to be, you know, being good at Photoshop. Uh, you know, you can do, you can do this type of editing in Photoshop. You can do this type of editing in Premiere. You can, um, manipulate data within this content management system and manipulate data within this project management system, whatever. Those are skills. And then, like I said, traits are going to be more general, more dynamic things that usually interpersonal traits are usually interpersonal. Yeah. How do you think people can decide which traits or soft skills or hard skills should be front and center when they're applying for a company? Is that going to be determined by the role or by maybe the person who's applying? Both. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand the question. Well, like, I think, um, I think what I'm asking is if somebody has really good interpersonal skills, but they're applying for a job that is more valued for the hard skills, how, how are they going to go? How are they going to pull that off? Yeah. So then that, that, that goes into like knowing what the company needs and knowing, um, how to sell yourself. Right. Because what you're trying to do with the job interview, right. And this is the most basic thing. What I like to say about job listings is that these companies have a problem, right? And that problem is such a large problem that they're willing to pay to fix it. And that's why you're in the room. You're there to fix their problem. And they're telling you their problem. Their problem is listed out for you on the job listing. And now it's your job as the candidate to take your skills and your traits or your soft skills and your hard skills and then fit in and make it make sense to them how you fit those roles or how you fit those skills or how you fit that listing, right? And so if you're really good at interpersonal skills, but what they need is somebody that's good at Excel, then maybe you're going to talk about Excel first. And then eventually you're going to, then you're going to, you're going to talk about how well that you, you, you work with everybody and how you, if you don't know the answer, you're going to find it and um, how cohesiveness makes the team go round or whatever, right? You can talk about that later, but if you know that that's what they need, then you're going to focus on what they need, right? It's about the job interview isn't about you. The job interview is about what you can provide to them. How do you solve their problem? Yeah. How do you solve their problem? Right. Because they have a massive problem obviously. or improve or improve their current yeah, situation because obviously they have a massive problem. They're willing to pay for it. When companies are hiring, they're looking to they're looking to make money or make things easier. Those tend to be the two reasons that companies hire. Um, they're not going to cut costs by hiring. They're adding costs. So they're spending more money to hire you. That means that their problem is outside of money. They either need to make more 
or they need work done to the point where somebody else needs to do it and they need an additional person to do it. So do keep that in mind when you are interviewing. Like, um, it is entirely about the company and not about you because they're the ones that have the job and you need the job. But that said, you have to explain how you are valuable to them. Absolutely. And I think once you have your lists of strengths, right, by asking people, by thinking by yourself, by thinking what people already ask you to do, by asking those people around you, like, hey, what are the skills that I'm good at? What are the traits that I'm good at? Maybe don't ask your family that question too. What? I'm just saying, because you can get some really like mixed, mixed up answers, I think. Sure. Whatever. I mean, you can ask them, you can not ask them. It's up to you, right? You can it's up to you to synthesize. It's up to you to synthesize those answers. Sort through it. Right. It's, you get, get all the input, see, see what matches up and and roll from there. And if that's not something you want to roll with, if somebody says like, you're a really good crier. Or like you're, like, you know what I mean? Like, how that is doesn't, that? Doesn't help me very much. How, that doesn't help me in a job. I mean, uh, at least uh, you know what I mean. I don't think it does, right? Really good at quoting Disney movies. Okay, well that's not useful. That's not super useful. <laughs> I mean, unless I mean, I, unless, unless, unless working, you work for Disney. Yeah, there we go. Unless and, you work for Disney. In which case, so useful. Maybe the most useful. Yeah, maybe you're a Disney character. Whoa. Right? Maybe like you're. Nobody take advice. Maybe from you're. Me. Maybe you're applying. Maybe you know all of Jasmine's lines from Aladdin and you're applying to be Jasmine. That would be extremely useful. Boom. It's like, yeah, that's this job was made for me. Nobody listen to me anymore. Yeah. Ryan's going to take it from here. I'm just going to leave. And so <laughs> the, I think once you, once you get those things sorted out, the next thing is going to be doing the research on the companies um, that you're hired, that you're, um, that are, that you're looking to get hired by. Okay. I'm the queen of doing this. Yeah. I will say I'm, I'm not going to like not to toot my own horn or anything like that. But this is something that I figured out really early because you know what? People do not go on the websites of the companies they are applying for. And if you're in a sprint of job applications, uh, you forget that which companies you apply to. And then if they do happen to call you back, you have no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> and that looks really bad. Um, I get that it's unrealistic or it's difficult rather, not unrealistic. It's hard to do research on every company you apply for, especially if you're mass applying using LinkedIn or Indeed, because you're just click, 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 click. And it's hard to read and then retain all of the information about every single company that, you, um, that you've applied to. That said, it would be really good if you... Damn it. <laughs> It would be really useful <laughs> if you made a spreadsheet <laughs> and you kept track. <laughs> anyway, so it would be really useful for you if you want to keep track of this information in a way that's easy to navigate. You could use an Excel spreadsheet or you could use a notebook if you're a sane human being. Yeah. But <laughs> you could. No, but see what the good, what's good about this. Okay. So what's good about the Excel spreadsheet. In I, all seriousness. And I'll say what I will say what's good about the Excel spreadsheet is that you can have all the columns of data that you need. Right. So it's just, uh, yeah, job, <laughs> job, job title, um, status of application, who you talk to, date you applied. And then, and because 
when you're when you're looking for a job, man, you're gonna you're you are going to apply to literally dozens, or you should be. If it takes a hundred to if, get on average, it takes a hundred job applications to get one interview. I know that's I know that's crappy, guys. I know that it is. It doesn't matter. That's how it is. Right. And if and you have no idea, like you have no idea when these people are gonna call you back. No. Right. And that's kind of you're you're throwing your job application out into the ether and then you're just every once in a while somebody somebody uh, flings it back at you. Yeah. And you just have to you're like, oh, um, whatever, Steven or Jennifer from freaking whatever company just uh, like, yeah, let's let's get schedule an interview for tomorrow. And you're like, oh, wait, uh, Steven, I don't what company are you from again? <laughs> Steven. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, what do you what do you guys do? And it's like. Instead of instead of having to go through that mad scramble, if you just keep it in a notebook or in a um, Excel spreadsheet, the good thing about the Excel spreadsheet is that you can keep. You can search Steven. Not only that, but you can keep uh, like a link to the website to their website. Or you can you, you can, can create a, a column where you have the notes. That's everything you need to know. Right, like it every, was the company was founded in 1955. They say they prioritize flexible schedules. They offer um, they offer four hour work weeks. This is their base salary. Like it's all this stuff that you should keep in an accessible place so you can refer back to it. So you're not caught off guard when you get a call from Steven and he wants to hire you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just anyway, that's just a little side. This is a little aside. That's of, a good. That's a good point, babe. Yeah, it's just a little aside of applying for jobs is a job within itself. Yep. Right, and it needs in order to do it effectively. I think that you need a, some sort of order to it, and you don't need it. There are plenty of people that don't do this and get jobs. But it helps. I'm just saying, if it helps, right? I mean, if you're if you're if you're motivated, if you want to get hired and you want a job, and like. You're you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a job, then it it would behoove you to have some order yeah. in your life. Yeah. You know. And however that is, whether that's a Word doc, whether or not that's a, um whether that's an Excel spreadsheet, whatever, whether it's a Google Doc. Because Google Docs work, right? That, that you, you, a Google Doc is basically a, an Excel spreadsheet. A Google Doc would work. you and then you and then um instead of looking down, you can just control F it, right? And you can control find whatever whatever it is that you need, you know what I mean? Like whatever the company is. Boom, I got an email from uh, Acme Parts, you know, Stephen at acmeparts.com. Like, okay, Acme Parts. Okay, that, you know what I mean? Boom. Mm. You know? Um, but anyway, I think that doing research about the company, it it's seem, not a lot. 10 minutes. It well, seems 10 super, minutes will do it for you. Yeah, it seems super basic, but, you know, people don't do that, right? And then there are things that once you do the research on the company, you can now sell yourself much more effectively. Say, oh, I fit because this, this, and this. I saw that you say you value these things on your website. I saw that you hire people that fit this description on your website. I saw that you folks care about such and such. Oh, look, I saw that you guys have a nonprofit wing that funds planting trees. I love trees. Trees are my favorite. Right. All I do is hug trees. That's all I do all day. I would love to work for a company that plants trees. Yeah. They care about that. Yeah. And I think the way that it, it, this is kind of, it kind of goes into like sales training and sales skills. The way that I like to think about it is that like, so we've identified our strengths right in the beginning. We've identified our strengths and our traits or our soft skills and our hard skills, however you want to think about it. We've identified those things. Now I like to think about this and this is kind of like, this is kind of like sales. Um, 
I like to think of those strengths or traits as cards. Like we're playing a card game, right? Mm. And now I know what I have in my hand and, but you don't know what I have in my hand. And so I'm say, I work well in teams, right? And then you, you, you can put that down. I, I am good at Excel and you put that down. I have a proficiency in WordPress. You put that down, right? Or if you don't have, if you so, so to make this more general, cause this is somebody that doesn't have any skills, right? I, I can take inventory, right? I'm extremely reliable. Right. Reliable. Count the money out of the cash register at night. Always, always to the penny, right? Every night. Um, have the highest sales of anybody uh, of of the bar, right? Of, of all the bartenders or of all the whatever, right? Won multiple sales award in my retail in my in my retail shop, whatever it whatever it, whatever it is. And you have all these cards in your hand, and it is now your job to play those cards in a way that fits that company's description and that makes it so that the person sitting across from you or through zoom or on the phone or whatever it is understands how you can fit in. Right. And so you, sometimes you're going to want to play all of the cards. Sometimes you're going to want to play only half of them, but that's kind of the, that's where the skill comes in. Is where okay, well you know, well you know Ryan, we're really, we're really looking for we're really looking for a go getter, a self starter, and you'll be like, perfect. Here you go. So you're gonna you're not gonna play your Excel spreadsheet. You're not gonna play your interpersonal uh, card. You're gonna you're gonna tell them you're gonna tell them about the side hustle that you've been doing, or if you don't have a side hustle, you're gonna be telling them like, man, I I used to um, coach a softball team. Right. I or or I have a second job. Right. I, I do. I work two jobs and on, I, I work retail. I work retail uh, at night and in the early morning I have a paper route. Right. Like I would drive around in my car and deliver papers or whatever it is. Be like, I'm, I'm definitely a self-starter. I can definitely learn. Right. I've done all these things in my high school education. I did all these things um, without my boss, without my boss asking me to come up with an inventory system. I went and I made an inventory system because it was lacking. Right. Without without asking to redo the menus, I redid the menus. Something like that. Right. I taught I made, myself I made cleaning policies. Yeah. I taught myself I taught myself graphic design to redo the menus so that we can get uh so we can clean up, we could sell our we can sell our best items, uh, our most profitable items, and then we can draw the most eyes. Yeah. Right. Even like I drew artistic designs on the chalkboard outside and put it outside to attract people to come into my restaurant. Like people don't really that that's a thing. Yeah. That's a that's a thing that you did that got that got results in theory. Right. Right. Another thing in this vein is um when you're doing your research about the company, also do your research about who's interviewing you. Look them up on LinkedIn or wherever. Just get some context of the person also because you're also trying to connect with them because that is gonna be somebody who you're probably gonna work with, right? And you don't wanna go in and be a robot. You wanna be a person and they're a person and you should know a little bit about them because they know a little bit about you before you go in. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're human. They're human just like just like any of uh, any of us, right? They 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 have a past and they have a future. Right? And looking looking it up could give you context um to who they are as a person. Looking looking them up, you might find out that they're from the same town. 
my from find out that you're from the same state or my found out that you have the same name whatever you know what i mean but and being able to connect connect humanize that person um I think that, that that really helps. It takes a lot of the fear out of it as well. That's the main reason for it is like you like this person is um, you need something from them, right? You need them to give you a job. But uh, just going in, not knowing anything about them, I find is kind of um, it kind of makes it very uh, self-centered practice interviewing. And, you know, you, you want to be on their team. So you, you need to be a little selfless in that you need to do a little bit of research about them, too, because it the chances are they looked into you a little bit. And that's a really good thing because it's just it just shows you did your due diligence and you're curious and you and you care about them, which you should. You know, it's going to help you. Yeah. And I think there's a couple more things that I wanted to touch on here. And it's like so when talking about the skills and the strengths and whatever however we're going to say it soft skills hard skills we want to be truthful right we don't want to we don't want to say that we can do something and we don't know how to do it right tell them the limit of your experience and it doesn't have to be like the limit of your experience right i mean you can tell them i, I did that in air quotes for the people listening you can tell them this is what I've done and this is why this is a good thing and I'm a blank slate so you can teach me how to do the rest, right? I have a basic knowledge in this and I can, you know, I'm ready to learn the rest. Do not lie on your resume. Do not lie to the person who is interviewing you. It's sad that I have to say that, but it's funny because I get on, on TikTok quite a bit. I get people that when I say apply for jobs that say they require a college degree, even if they don't. And people go, well, it's, you know, it's illegal and unethical to lie on your resume. I was like, I never said to lie on your resume. I, I will never have never <laughs> and will never and have never advocated for that because why in the world would you do that? Um, you are going to get caught and you're going to deserve to get caught because you shouldn't be lying on your resume. Tell the truth. Um, the main reason for this is actually completely in your own self-interest, which is if you do that, um, you are really going to hurt your future chances of moving up. Be honest. And also because if you exaggerate your experience and then you go in and they realize that you do not have the experience that you said, they're not going to trust you and people are not going to want to help you. But if you are honest about the fact that I'm new to this, I'm willing to learn, I'm teachable, I'm et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, people are going to bend over backwards to help you and to teach you because that's how people are. Um, and, and really, really just be honest about setting expectations about what you can and cannot do, but also what you're willing to do in order to improve. Yeah, definitely. Honesty is, honesty is key. Um, you don't want to be caught in a lie. Yeah. I think, um, and then the last thing that I wanted to touch on was like, with, about doing the research with the company. So this is just, uh, this is a super general statement. But if you're applying to a for-profit company, which is the vast majority of companies, as long as you're not applying to a nonprofit, generally speaking, for-profit companies, they're trying to make money, right? And it is within the company's interest to make money. And if you understand that, you're like way ahead of like 50% of the people, more than 50% of the people, right? And then as long as you understand that it's your job to move the company forward and so that they can make more money, well, you can tailor everything towards that, right? 
similar, to, uh, real quick on if you want to work in the nonprofit world, uh, so something similar would be their mission, right? It would be like, what is their mission? And their mission is to feed everybody. Um, that being that being said, money makes the world go round. So they're also thinking about money as well. It's uh, just because they're not for profit doesn't mean that they don't think about money. They think about money all the time. It's different um, having worked for a nonprofit and for profit companies. It, you need to keep in mind um, the the motivation of the company. There's a lot of window dressing now with modern companies to make them seem like they're not interested in making money. That's all they're interested in because they're a business. That is the entire reason for their existence. People can say whatever they want, but at the end of the day, companies exist to make money. That is why they exist. That is why they continue to exist. And um, for nonprofits, it's almost flipped in a way because uh, their goal is really to spend as much of the money as they got donated so that they can continue to ask for more and to continue to grow their budget. So nonprofits are different because your your goal is to help them to find as much money, but then also to spend as much in order to further the mission. So it's a completely different goal from a for-profit company. If you are applying to a for-profit company, there are three things that you can help them do. You can help them to reduce their cost. You can help them to make more money and you can help make their lives easier. That's it. If you can do one of those things or ideally all three of those things, you are a valuable hire to a company. If you're working for a nonprofit and you can figure out how to get them more donations and how to further their mission, fantastic, fantastic. But don't lose sight of the fact a company's goal is to make money. If you can help them make money, you're an interesting hire. And so where this is interesting is because when we're talking about this, we're for this subject in particular is like how to interview when you have no experience. We're probably talking about lower roles, more than likely mid lower to mid roles. Um, and if you can understand this and convey this to them, if you can play this card, if you have this card in your hand and you're willing to, and you're willing to, and you can eloquently play this and then convince them that you understand this and you believe that, you, that you want to uh, further the company's mission, whatever that mission is, mostly for pro- for-profit companies, it's going to make more money, then you've, you're, you're far beyond most people at this stage, right? At this stage, nobody knows. Everybody's still thinking about what the company can do for them. Right, what benefits are- w- Ask not what the company can do for you. Yeah, right, exactly. Ask what you can do for the company. Yeah, right, exactly. But if you understand this, you're way, you're way ahead of everybody. Yeah, they will be, If you, especially the younger you are, the more impressive this is. If you go in and you're 19, 18 years old and you're applying for a uh, lower to entry to mid-level job and you look at that person across from you who's probably mid to high level if they're hiring you and you say, I can help you make money by doing this. They're going to be blown away. Or cut costs by doing this. Or I can help you reduce your cost by doing this. And how are you going to know that? You're going to read their website and come up with an idea. It doesn't even have to be, an, it doesn't even have to be, they don't even have to use the idea, but it's the fact that you were looking for a way to help before you've been hired by that company. That is going to be really effective for you. Yep. And then last thing is super general, but it can make all the difference, especially if you're up against many people. Something that I personally am really terrible at which is be excited and grateful, which is, I just, that was about as excited. I tried to make it that as exciting as possible. Just that. That was, I'm not joking. That was, that was so Asian. (laughs) Just be excited and grateful guys. (laughs) We talk about this a lot, but Ryan is, uh, uh, 
stoic, I think is the word. That's the nice word for it. Yeah. But very, uh, this. Yeah. And, um, I have found that the one, the one thing that I have that Ryan does not have, even though I think that Ryan is a much more, if it was me hiring for my own company, I would hire you over me every day. <laughs> but <laughs> if you don't seem excited to be there, they don't want to hire you because you don't even want them to hire you because you're not excited to be there. And, um, what's funny about that is like, this is like a superpower. I don't know what... One thing, and you haven't ever, you haven't seen me do this because you don't see me before I interview for a job, but before I interview for a job in the last like 10 to 15 minutes before I interview for the job, I play a song and I dance <laughs> by myself, either in the bathroom or in the room if it's a virtual interview. That sounds ridiculous, but the reason that I do that is because I'm trying to get myself like hyped up a little bit because um, if you go in and you're deadpan and you sound tired and you sound unenthusiastic, you don't want to hire me now. But if I'm happy to be here and I'm so grateful and I'm so excited and, oh, I read this and I read that, listen, even if you're listening, listen to the difference too in my voice. Like how much more engaged do you feel because someone sounds like they're excited to be there as opposed to sounding bored? Yep, absolutely. I think it... It's, and it's, it's not gonna, underrated. Right. It's a super underrated. And it's not going to get you, like, it's not going to be the, the end all be all, right? I mean, you can be deadpan and just be freaking killer, right? Like, you can be super monotone and no personality. But hey, if you can, if you can still say all those points, you can get the job, right? I mean, when I, when I was uh, selling, when I was on the street selling, like, um, one of the best Not selling himself. No, not, not <laughs> selling myself. No. <laughs> But I was on the yeah. But I was on the Wait, street selling. He was on the corner though. Yes, but when I was was when I was working out in the street selling, you know, one of the best guys had a very deadpan pitch. His was very, very monotone, very, very much just like this, and he lulled you into it. You know, and he made Hypnotized. you right, and he made you do something that you didn't really want to do, right? And so if you're, if that's your if it's just your personality, and if that's what you, if if you've got if you've got great skill in that, and you know how to use it, by all means. But generally speaking, if especially on these lower companies, you probably don't have those skills yet, or it's not fully formed yet. And a lot, a lot of people that the excitement, um, enthusiasm, just being grateful to be there, it's going to go a long way. Right? And and you should be because they did, they did, they picked your resume up and they said, "This person, I'm going to give this person a chance." Because if you're sitting there, you have a chance, and you should be grateful for that because you need it. That's why you're there. Couple of general, couple of general things, and it's just like it doesn't really need to be said, but you would be surprised. Is like, be on time. Oh my gosh, just give yourself an hour, even if it means you're sitting in the parking lot. The amount of things that happen before job interview because of Murphy's law, where if it can happen, it will happen. Your dog's gonna eat something, and you're gonna be running out, and you're not gonna be ready to go, or you're gonna get a flat tire, or you're gonna hit traffic, or you're gonna not know where you're going and get lost. Just get there. And sit in your car for give yourself 30 to 45 minutes to an hour to just sit in your car beforehand. Yeah. Sounds ridiculous, but and if it's a zoom call, test out the internet, you know, if you, if you know that you have spotty internet, go to a cafe. If you know that if, if, if that's not quiet enough, go to a library. If that's too, if that's, if you're being too loud in the library, go to a friend's house that has good internet, like figure it out. Right. Help yourself. Yeah. But like, you really don't think that. You want to say these things just the just the part, right? I mean, if you're gonna go work at a, you know, 
whatever it is, if you're if you're applying to be in, working outdoors where your uniform is going to be jeans and a shirt, you probably don't got to go in a suit. You know what I mean? I have but, a story here. But you could, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I've 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 def I've um I've heard people not hire cause like, that guy's way too dressed up for this for this job. Yeah, that's way too dressed up for this job. But dude, why wouldn't you want somebody who put in more effort than they? I would to? rather. I would rather. I would. I would rather err on the side of caution, which is being more conservative with it, which is dressing up more. So I don't think you can go wrong. It, personally, I don't think you go wrong in, in going going in a suit and tie. I don't think that's ever hurt me personally. Um, and I think my story about that is my sister was interviewing for a rather competitive um, welding paid paid training apprenticeship. And she said that when she went in to compete, uh, there were a lot of people that were there, but were like, you know, wearing ripped jeans and like flannel shirts and given it's a well, it's a welding apprenticeship, but there was a lot of people there and there was only so many slots and she went in and she had no experience, you know, no experience, nothing, didn't know anything about it. And she went in and she wore like a business casual dress and she was dressed, you know, she like dressed up like she was interviewing for a corporate job. And she did, she did get it. But what that also does is it, it kind of, um, picks you out of the pack too, because since then they've told her, you know, we're probably, you're, you're probably going to go management track. Why? Because she came in overkill, right? Other people came in differently and she came in more than, more than she should have. So I don't know that that really depends on what you're applying for, but I think most of the time dressing, dressing more than you think you should is probably better. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm just, I, I've, I have. I have heard of stories that way. I've never experienced it before in my life. Um, I did. <laughs> I did go to one interview where I didn't. I didn't wear a suit. A tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that suit yeah. from the office? Right? <laughs> Wearing the tuxedo in the office. Yeah, I went uh, in a tuxedo shirt. Um, but <laughs> no, I went and I I wore. I didn't want to wear a suit because I was like, this is. It was, I, th- I felt like it was overkill, but I wore uh, suit pants. I did, wore everything but the jacket. Wore everything but the jacket, basically. And um, and I remember, and I was, was applying for an office job, but the uniform at this office job was jeans and a polo. Like the uniform at this office job was jeans and a polo. Did you get the job? I got the job. I'm just saying, but I, but it was commented on my, my. Uh, that's kind of how the boss was though you know but he's just like he was like he looked at me he's like why the button down <laughs> yeah he, b- basically he was like he looked at me he's like <laughs> well it looks like you like to dress up <laughs> so you think you can dress down for this job i was like no i know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah i was like yeah I, I think i can do that I, I, he's like it's your shoes <laughs> yeah right same guy yeah he's a good dude he's a great guy Great guy. Good dude. Great guy. And, um, but anyway, a couple of more tips, uh, before, before we wrap this up, the, the next thing that I want to talk about is like elevate and be respectful to people. And that kind of takes practice without being like a, you don't want to be a kiss ass. Yeah, You're not trying to be a brown noser. You're just trying to be respect. You're there because they let you be there. And you should be grateful and respectful of that. It's not your office yet, so you should be respectful because you're 
you don't work there. I mean, you should be respectful if you work there too, but especially if you're now a guest in this office that they are extending the possibility of an opportunity to. And then uh, three, just the gratitude. Like even if the job is like, if you think the job is beneath you, if you're interviewing for a job, it's not beneath you, right? You're there. And if you're not, if, if it's if it's beneath you, then don't interview for it, right? You shouldn't have applied. Yeah, or you shouldn't have accepted the application, like the, the interview, the interview. Um, but if you're there, it's because they've given you an, a chance at an opportunity and be grateful for it. Um, the reason too is because even if you don't like the company or whatever, it, it's still just like go in with an element of gratitude because it's people like to be around grateful people. Right. But I'm talking about elevating and respecting people. Like, like uh, Oh, the so people you're talking to. I'm talking yeah. about like, elevating them. I'm talking about like they are at this status. I mean, and probably for their career because the way it usually works is pe- not really people below you interview you. People above you interview you. Um, your boss usually interviews you. They're not your peers. They're your supervisors right. or the people who are going to be ahead of you, in charge of you in HR. Right. And so, you know, making sure that you recognize that in, in, in the interview or in throughout any interaction that you have with these people, right? And and if you don't know how to do that tactfully, um, you know, just as simple. Or take as, a manners class. <laughs> no, just as simple as please and thank you every time. That You know, that's probably enough. That's probably enough. The, you know, simple, simple things like I guess little tips too is like if you did do research on the people that, that are interviewing you, you can be like, you know, oh, well, I saw like, you know, I know that when you were in my position, whatever, right? Because it, saying that they've, they've been here, they've been in my shoes, you've done this already. You know, when, uh, when you used to do it, how did you do it? You know what I mean? Whatever. That is a great tactic especially that 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 type of that type of asking and also because it's really valuable information you know if if you if you saw somebody doing this role and you thought they were doing a good job what would they be doing ask them those questions because they're going to tell you what they're looking for too and it's going to tell you what you should do if they do hire you that's really really valuable and it's a chance for you to ask that question um, in a, in a time when you have the chance to ask that question, it's really, it's really good. And it also shows that you respect their experience and you should, because they did it before you did. Yeah, definitely. And then the last tip that we wanted to talk about was going to be like, um, sending thank you cards. It's not overplayed. It is not that big of a hassle. Um, and what we're talking about is we're not saying thank you emails. We're talking about tracking them down i mean don't be a stalker but yeah, like, don't don't do that but That's you know creepy. but i mean like if you if it says in linkedin where they where the office is and where they work send it to the office regards whoever uh steven at hr send it send it to them and just a nice handwritten thank you note and it goes a long way the times that i have done this after I have done it, it, even if it was a job that they hired me for, I still would send, I would still send physical thank you cards to the people that hired me, even though I worked in the same office as them. And I, I didn't hand them to them. I mailed them with a stamp and I wrote, Oh, hi, so-and-so. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. I'm excited to work together, Hannah. And I sent it. And those two people have offered me multiple jobs since I worked there. Why do you think that is? Because I thanked them for hiring me before, which I was grateful for. And this is just a really good example of um, people, people, I hear this a lot of the the networking, like the college, like, oh, you need to go to college or the networking. 
Um, the best place to network is at work. It's in the word networking, which drives me like up the wall. They're like, oh, college for networking. I'm like, how about work for networking? Because that's the whole point of it anyway. Um, but the people who are going to offer you jobs in the future are going to be the people you work with now. Um, those are the people who are going to connect you. Those are the people who are going to hire you. They're the people that are going to refer you. And they're the people that are going to give you references. And so it is a very good idea to be grateful to them whenever possible, because that's what decent human beings do. Yeah, definitely. And then, so I guess, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You can wrap it up. This episode is more about the selling yourself when you feel like you have no experience and no skills, right? It's not about the nitty gritty of a job interview, right? Like we didn't talk today about, um, Oh, do you have any, like how to answer the question? Like, do you have any questions now for us or whatever, you know, um, how to answer what's your biggest weakness and stuff, you know, that's, we're not getting into that nitty gritty. There's plenty of other resources and probably at a, at a different time, we, we are definitely going to get into that. I think this is more like interview conduct one-on-one. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, Manners. And, and, well, and then also just how to identify what your strengths and abilities, what your strengths and traits, uh, and skills are. And then how to look up what this company does. Spreadsheets. Right. And then spreadsheets, um, you know, and then something that we didn't talk about as well is the people that you're, the people that you're interviewing with, you know, there are a lot of people that are going out and doing a lot of podcasts and, and um, doing a lot of public speaking engagements and things like that. If you go and you listen to a couple of their things, you might be able to gain a larger insight of the person that you're talking to and the goals of the company that they work for, right? Especially if they're there on this podcast representing their company. Yeah. Right. If it's uh, Ryan from Degree Free and I go on a podcast and I talk about Degree Free, well, then I just tell you everything that I care about. Right? I just told you for 30 minutes or an hour or three hours, whatever, how long. What's important to me. Right. Exactly. So know your strengths, traits, soft skills, skills, hard skills, whatever you want to call them, right? Think about them as when you're in the interview, think about them as like playing cards is how I like to, I mean, there's many ways to skin this cat. You can do it however you want, but this is what I think about, um, in, in, in any sales process really is like, I have my benefits here. I have what I'm going to say my cards in my hand and then I, I lay them down as as need be and then sometimes that means that I lay all my hand down and then and I have to draw more cards sometimes I don't play any I don't play I don't play all of them right doing the research on the company right um, and that could be simple as reading the website 10 minutes right? is sufficient to gauge what a company is about exactly and it could be as in-depth as listening to the podcast, listening to a podcast for an hour. Yeah, especially if they have a company podcast. That's a really good place to figure out what they've got going on. Like, oh, we're doing this new thing or this new thing or et cetera, et cetera. Right. Especially if it's in the department that you're trying to get a job in. Especially then. Right. Um, keeping a spreadsheet of, or, or, some, or some type of data filing system. Documentation. Yeah, of what jobs that you've applied for, the status, the contact, when you applied, 
and then all the things that all the talking points that you that you've identified that you want to talk about that's super helpful or that's, questions that you have right and that's just a tip that you know you don't have to do that you know many people get jobs without it i just find that if you're gonna if you're really gonna get after it organization is really gonna help yeah yeah um be excited and grateful good job yeah that was that was great that's it right there that's as exciting as i get very try to hold it in yeah <laughs> sorry guys we gotta end this podcast because there's too much energy in this room yeah and then um being excited and grateful goes a long way elevating elevating the people that you're talking to you know realizing where they've been you know where they're where they're heading um to um sending thank you notes send the thank you notes it is always a good idea it is never not a good idea yeah just do it also, if you're going to do that, do it quickly. Do it like literally the day after. Right. Like go home from that interview, write the thank you notes and put them in the mail because delayed is kind of weird. It's it's rude almost. It's weird. Thank you cards are a weird thing, but just do it immediately and save yourself the stress and the extra chore. Just get it done. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you guys want more information about how to get a job without a college degree, please do check out our guide, which is on degreefreenetwork.com. Please like and subscribe so you don't miss anything. We don't want you to miss any more of these episodes. So yeah, guys, um, we are excited and grateful <laughs> to have you guys listen all the way to the end. And um, if you guys liked what you guys are hearing, if you guys could leave us a review on Apple, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. It really helps to get, I don't know, the algorithm out there, I guess, and for people to really know uh, what, spread the word, basically. Um, if you guys have any comments or questions, if you guys can drop us an email, uh, contact at degreefreenetwork.com. Um, send us a note. Think about, um, it really helps when you guys send us a note about things that you guys want to want to um, hear on the podcast. It really helps us come up with new material to talk about. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast. All right, guys. Um, until next time. Aloha.